0: Welcome to the Self Help Podcast, a weekly no nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit livinthepresent.co.uk.
1: Okay, hello, welcome to episode 504 of the Self Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb and my good pal Sean Orford. How are you doing, Sean?
0: i'm doing very well just come back from um sunny paris indeed um, yeah you
1: had a nice you there three or four days how, how long was it
0: yeah yeah for, uh three three nice four days um they um uh, and i have to say i know it's it's not that much further south but it was warmer there than it is here
1: <laughs> cool well i think there's strange weather going on all over the show there's some weird things going on with cold fronts and warm fronts. I know we've got a bit of a cold one coming on in the UK now, haven't we? So uh, um, so how long is this cold
0: bash in for? Is it, uh, oh, well, is it the big at, one?
1: <laughs> I'm not sure if it's that big, but it looks like for the next, I'm looking at, yeah, 10 days, 14 days out. It looks like it's going to be close to zero most nights and then up to seven yeah. or eight in the day. So I don't know. Is that average? Yeah. It's winter, isn't it? Or well, we're getting into winter now. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, did you have good weather on the whole? Because I've just seen, I know Newcastle are playing in Paris tonight, footy, and I think some of the fans there are getting rained on quite heavily as they. Is
0: that Paris Saint Germain? Yes. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. yeah. Did you have good weather? Uh, sunny weather, rather?
0: Yeah, it was good. It was good. We did things like uh, went for a, uh, a boat cruise up the, the River Seine, yeah which was good um, very nice and even when we we went up the eiffel tower and, and did the the loo so we had to do a lot of queuing um uh, a lot of people there and um there was a lot of um uh, of fairly good weather i mean it wasn't cold it was, it was okay yeah
1: very nice yeah it's on my list man yeah have you have you been to paris before then or in
0: yeah i've i've been to paris when I was um, doing all my traveling, you right. know. Um, so, and I and from that point of view, I, I've been around um, Paris quite a lot. Um, but the, um, and, and to me, it hasn't actually changed very much. Um, and it was interesting, I was re really been there before, so it was like new. For, and, and our hotel was set, so, you could lie in bed and look out the window and see the Eiffel Tower. It was like it was, mm-hmm. it was going, and they light it all up at night because of fortune and electricity. Wow, that um, yeah. looks very it looks very sweet. Yeah.
1: Beautiful, yeah. All right, good to yeah. see it. it's it's on the list, and it's quite close. You got the train across, didn't you? So uh... yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And that that was good in itself uh, to to do that. The, those trains are like being on aircraft, I think. I know.
1: They are beautiful, aren't they? So smooth. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah.
1: Not, not necessarily as quick, but you drops you right in the heart of the city, doesn't it? So you just save all that yeah. time faffing around getting you back yeah. some of and all
0: that. And what we did was once once we got off the train, uh, we walked everywhere. So we walked to the hotel. We had bags that you could pull and all that kind of stuff. Very nice. Make it easy. Yeah. Well, so uh, avoided the taxes and and one of the problems with the underground systems, the metros is that um, they may get you places, but you don't see anything. All you see is a tunnel. Yeah. You know, whereas if you're walking or you're you're in a taxi, I mean, you can actually see the world and see where you are. I agree. Yeah. Very nice.
1: Yeah. All right. I'll have, to see yeah. some, I'll have to see some more photos that you took. I saw a couple on Instagram, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But you had a belt in time. Very good. Well, yeah, I've been chock-a-block as well. I've had events. I've had a bit of a run of a, events around the country with me jobs so i've been in york and yeah Bristol and birmingham a few weeks running so uh thankfully that's um all come to an end now that was good fun but lots of really mm-hmm. cool people campaigners from around the country all doing good stuff so um yeah ah, yeah it's nice not to i mean I, I do kind of you see people don't you that have jobs that where they're traveling all the time and they it looks quite glamorous and but the reality is that yeah you're uh it's full-on lifestyle, and you don't get to see any of the places you go in a lot of the time.
0: <laughs> I um, uh, did lots of travelling around, uh, driving around the country, and everybody would go, "Oh, aren't you so lucky staying all these hotels?" and actually dragging your stuff in and out of hotels. And you don't, you, you, you're right, you never see anything. You see the hotel and where you're doing whatever you're doing, and then you get back in your car and you go somewhere else. You know. And it's the same if you're flying in somewhere. You go to the airport and then you do your thing, go back to the airport. And yep. you very rarely do you get time to actually go out and see the world and see what's going on, you
1: know. Yeah, my brother does My brother does quite a bit of that. And it's, yeah, it's not all it's cracked up to be. And, uh, yeah, no. yeah, I was yeah. Just basically I got to see lots of train stations in the last few weeks, which mm. I quite like. It's quite, from a geek, nerdy point of view. But, I mean, I was in York for a whole day, but I didn't get a chance to go out and, walk those mm-hmm. beautiful cobbled streets and uh, see any of the sites. But <laughs> anyway, anyway, living yeah. there. Um, but, yeah, we're talking today about the blame game, goodwill. Um, yeah, we'll just dive straight into it, Sean, because you've written a blog post which will be on the website at uk. But what's triggered this one and what's the, uh, what's the gist?
0: Um, I, I think that uh, probably on every level of life that I deal with, I'm observing the blame game. So and on the news, we can see that the uh, the Russians feel okay about blaming the Ukrainians. The Ukrainians blame the Russians and the Israelis and the Palestine. They're, they're doing the same thing going on. But I see it happening at every level. I see it happening in businesses. I see it happening in groups, families. And I see it in couples. And the thing that you start to realise is that people lose touch with reality, and what they're in touch with is their, is their expectation. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I'm an Israeli and I assume that all Pakistanis are, or not Pakistanis, Palestinians are, yeah. a certain thing or a certain type, it doesn't matter what they do or what they say, I'm going to see them that way. Yeah. Mm. Um, and you start to see that people experience in life what they expect to experience and not actually what they're experiencing. You know, they cease to hear what's going on. Yeah. And they just hear what they want to hear.
1: I know. get that. I'm starting to see that as a as a Green Party councillor, you know. Um, when I go to a meeting I'm, and I'm up against a Labour Party or a Tory, or a Lib Dem, there's a certain expectation of what I'm going to be thinking and saying, and, you know, and and, and the reverse as well, you know, in terms of oh, mm-hmm. bl- those blumentories, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, uh, I am guilty of it, and I do experience it, and uh, I try and, when I'm making decisions and conversing mm-hmm. about certain issues, I try, and, I try and think with an open mind, but I also try and, you know, tr- um, show people that I'm not necessarily stuck in a certain way of thinking and, and talking hmm. Cooper's going to go nuts so I need to edit this out
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> on, let me just see if there's a postman here one sec
0: okay hang on oh no
1: no postman just a dog outside so he might occasionally go nuts but we'll see <laughs> <laughs> bloody doggo <sighs> in his a anyway um no. So, yeah we're all we're all guilty of it and it's very easy to settle into your ways and obviously on a well from a small scale point of view in in um relationships it's relatively well it can have a big impact to you in life but obviously in a, from an international perspective and in a when war is on the on the horizon and or actively going on in the news then it can have devastating consequences for thousands if not millions of people can't it so yeah. So how do you from a small point from a small time point of view when you're working with people, couples, relationships, and families, how do you how do you confront this stuff and
0: how do you Well it's it's trying to get people, um it's like what say so you're working with a couple and one person says something to the other. So then you say to the person who is just the receiver of that, what did you just hear that person say? Mm. And if they say I heard you say, blah, 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 blah. usually it's nothing to do with what the person just said. Right. What they heard was what they expected to hear or they assumed. Yeah. yeah. Um, in, in the blog post, I, I tell a story, which is real, where back in the 60s when everyone was smoking dope and it was it seemed to be far out.
1: You know, yeah. And, book, and
0: yeah. everybody would get stoned, right? Yeah and i i had actually been reading um some research some psychological research about how they would taken a load of students and give them emetic drugs that would have made them vomit um and told them that they were tranquilizers and they gave them the drugs and they didn't vomit and what they were saying it was the power of the brain over the system right. in what you believe so i thought that's interesting so uh, I rolled a blind joint, a long, a long run, um, and it just had tobacco in it. It didn't have any any um, sort of cannabis or anything in it, marijuana, um, and uh, passed it round because you'd take a few tokes and pass it on and it'd, go, it'd do the circles round, so it was a long nine-paper joint. And um, the um, the amazing thing was... That everybody got stoned. I watched them all get stoned, and all they were doing was smoking tobacco. But they all started acting out like I'm stoned because they expected to be stoned. Ah. Um, The power of of the mind and expectation.
1: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I think also in your blog post, you talk about the same kind of thing with non alcoholic wine as well, where there's where you've.
0: Yeah, I I played a game with with the family here where um, I drank a bottle a whole bottle of non-alcoholic wine, but i put it in an alcohol bottle. <laughs> I'd swap the, the wines over. And and everybody was looking at me like, oh, my God, he's drunk. You know, because their assumption was it must be alcoholic wine.
1: Ah, uh, okay.
0: You know what I mean? Um, so. And, uh, and it, it's interesting when you start to look at that, people see what they expect to see.
1: Yes, and I've, I've... I've pulled that out of your blog. Yeah, the expectation is very is a powerful thing, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's true for all of us, isn't it? It's like um, whether you look at any of the issues, any of the wars, any of the conflicts, you look at the issues about Brexit and why we voted Brexit, or if you look at our elections, you know, we're, we're coming up for an election, and people will start voting on the basis of their expectation. Yeah. Yeah. And some of that is, um, you know, we've always voted this. Therefore, the other side are always wrong. Mm.
1: You
0: know I mean? All that kind of stuff. And until you get to the point where you start to be able to observe your expectations and to question them, the world's never going to change because all that's going to happen, if you look at the Israeli-Palestinian issue, is all we're doing is getting lots of young people, radicalising them on either side. And their expectation of their opponents is going to carry on and carry on and carry on. Yeah. Yeah, until we break through it. And it's like it's realising that um, the world will only change when we expect it to change.
1: Yeah, so let's say um, I rise the ranks and I'm Prime Minister and I I hire you as my chief uh, advisor. On all matters to do with yeah, foreign and everything, everything. Sean, you're my chief right-hand man. What, what do we, what, what do I do as like a as a leader to kind of break that expectation on a on a massive scale in an issue like that in the in the Middle East?
0: Just bomb the all. Okay, <laughs> <I can't. laughs> that, you know, it, it's like what what happens is
1: yeah, man. We we Green Party by the way, so yeah, we don't. Uh, we're kind of totally against any military and intervention so yeah we've got we've got to think differently
0: yeah but and that's the thing isn't it and it's like it, the interesting thing is the only person that i know that's actually done it effectively was gandhi cuz gandhi peacefully effectively overthrew the british empire in, in india you mm-hmm. know they got out because of gandhi and gandhi didn't have any uh, wars battles fights yeah, he he used the power of his personality, and he did things like he said, "Okay, I'll, I'll just lay here and starve to death." Then, you know what I mean, All that kind of stuff, um, and used peaceful means to change people's expectation, and therefore things changed. I suppose the other person who did it a bit was Nelson Mandela when he came out of Robben Island, and he yeah. could have cre- he could have created a bloodbath. He could have. Uh, create a situation where all the blacks turn on all the whites and just eliminates them. <clears throat> it would have been very easy for him to do that, but he didn't. Yeah. He went out and and changed the expectation to you can expect people to be nice. You can expect us to work together as people. Mm-hmm. And it's happened. Yeah. So what,
1: why do you think we have so few examples of people like Nelson Mandela and Gandhi and Mother Teresa um, who have the the courage and the determination to just to, to work in a different kind of way why do you think we so so often so
0: often in in, in the brain there are two two sections two organs in there one is the uh, hippocampus where we do the learning and the amygdala is where we react to things and what i think tends to happen is something in our amygdala is programmed when we're when we're young And it's programmed our attitudes, ideas that could be triggered by smells, tastes, sounds, all kinds of things as well. But once it triggers, the stress hormones, cortisol and adrenaline, fire off like crazy. And then we start to get reactive. So we're, we're reacting without thinking. And I think in most expectations, that's what we're doing. We're reacting without thinking because we expect that to be the case. Mm. yeah and it, it's only when we question it and we start to look at it that we start to to see that our expectation was wrong, yeah, yeah
1: uh yeah I'm sure i am certainly not any um Gandhi or Mother Teresa, but uh in my short time as a counselor, I think you know I have some quite different ideas about how we should be um building places and you know designing places and allowing for traffic in certain. You know, so I come up, I come up against a lot of opposition for the the ideas that I have, um, and it, it it the opposition is based on, yeah, this is you know we just never done things that way, it won't work, it'll cause more traffic, more pollution. So it's, it, I'm finding it quite interesting to be in not in charge because I'm a relatively low on power um, individual, but. Don't worry, you'll get there. <laughs> I will get there. No, it's really interesting, the psychology of it all and having the courage to do something in a different way, not fully knowing if it's going to work. Um, and, you know, it, but uh, it, you do need a certain amount of courage, don't you, to to try a thing a different way? And I guess maybe that's why so much there's so much inertia and inaction in the world when, you know, we live in a world where we need to see quite rapid change in the way that, we li- that we're living, the way we're... Heating our homes, the way that we travel, that kind of thing, and it's it takes a certain leap of faith from a certain number of people to to change things. What's that famous video of like one person dancing on a on a hillside at a festival and like they're doing a really weird dance, um, and it's used a lot in t- in terms of kind of like a business sense because there's this one person doing a strange, energetic dance all on their own and people are looking at them weird. And then slowly but surely, more people come and join them, and then eventually everyone joins in and mm. joins the dance. But it took that first person to to instigate it, to let yeah. everyone know that it's okay to do things differently and it's okay to, to have a good yeah. time. And then yeah. by the end, you know, a couple of minutes in, everyone's doing it. So uh, I'll try yeah. to get that out and put it in the show notes, but it's quite yeah, a, yeah.
0: And and th- th- there are phrases in our language like you know, better the devil you know all that kind of stuff, which are about how we need to stay fixed and, and stay with our expectations. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, old dog can't change it. Old dog can't learn new tricks. Yeah. Peppers can't change their spots. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, we're, we're, we're built around it. And it's like, you must come across an attitude of, no, but we've always done it this way. Yes. Yeah. And and again, we're back to expectation. You know, we expect it to go wrong if we do it differently. Yeah. You know?
1: There you go. I found it. St- Guy starts strange dance at festival. <laughs> found the YouTube video. So I'll put that in the show notes. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, we can learn a lot from that That one person, I think. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. And the thing is that if you stand up and you dare to be different, either you become an avatar and a prophet and all that kind of stuff, or you become uh, a nutter who, uh, <laughs> who needs to be locked up. You know, it d- depends on which way it goes and whether you yeah. get any backing for it or not. You know, <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I guess in terms of like the, the things that we teach. Oh, we're getting a little thumbs up on your video. What's that all about next to your face? You seeing that? It's weird.
0: Hey.
1: Yeah, thumbs up. Um, sorry, Zooms. Zooms changing all the time. They're adding more things, and I'm, I can't quite keep up with all the, all the new tools they're adding. Um, but yeah, in terms of living the present and the things we teach, I, I think one of the key things I like to remember is about like life is for learning, and that um, I try and remember it myself because I'm I'm setting my my own ways in the same way that a lot of other people are. But I I, I do try and practice um, the kind of basic principle that. I need to be ready to learn all of the time from, from someone or from an experience. And that, don't know maybe uh, it's something that others can, can just have that basic concept that life is for learning. And that every, every instance in every kind of moment is an opportunity to learn and and move forward. And I think, yeah, I I am set in my ways, but I think I'm quite good at being uh, open to learning new ways of doing things.
0: And yeah, yeah. One of the things that I've I become aware of in uh, life is that people get labels. And people get labels in the prison um, system. Yep. Um, and once they've got that label, it's really hard to get away from because that's what you are. Now, our expectation, our expectation is that you're always going to be that. Yep. and the, the same thing is true of um, of mental health labels. And at the moment, we've got this crazy thing where everybody wants to have ADD and ADHD and all that kind of stuff. Um, and once they've got that label, there's an expectation of the way that they're going to be.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And
0: and that that can also be. I get a diagnosis of ADHD, and then I have expectations of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that could equally be true if everybody told me that I was a genius and wonderful and amazing, because those would be the expectations I'd have of myself.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so it worked both ways.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah, sometimes a label can be, yeah, can push, can help can be helpful you know as it's as it's supposed to be you know my wife's a teacher so she kind of comes across kids you know a a young age um at primary school where she and her colleagues and support staff have to make decisions on kids that could make quite an impact on their lives you know and it's uh it's not always that clear cut is it on as to whether a child is a certain way uh whether they're going to grow out of it or whether it's something that needs direct action early on yeah, uh, uh, it's yeah important tricky decisions to make, and then if a kid is given that certain label, um, yeah, that can impact the rest of their lives, can't it? And it maybe it wasn't yeah. always the right decision, or maybe it was a bit too early in the day to to say. But then it's hard, you know. If you don't make the decision, you know, it can impact them adversely. Uh, so it's really <laughs> tricky stuff, isn't it?
0: Yeah, there was an experiment done back in the sixties, uh, which you wouldn't be allowed to do now. Um, Things have changed. Um, But there were two identical classes as much as they could do it, two school classes, same age, same kind of ability range, and in two different schools. And in one class, whatever the children did, they were praised absolutely, over the top, amazing. And in the other school, in the other class, whatever the children did, they were slagged off, put down, told it was rubbish, whatever know, yeah. mm-hmm. and they went on for a, for a year. I think it was a whole academic year. Crazy. <laughs> and at the end of that year, the kids that had been slagged off, their um, r- uh, results had gone right the way down the path. Mm. And the children that had been praised had gone right the way up. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, what it came down to, it was the kids that had been praised had the expectation of self that it was going to be good and amazing, we we're going to succeed. Yeah. Whereas the kids that have been put down had the expectation of failure, yeah. and then they actually played it out. Mm. Like I say, you wouldn't be allowed to do an experiment like that now, <laughs> but uh, we sort of do really.
1: Like, I mean, like it, in in our part of the world, we still have selective schooling. You know, like so at, at the age of ten or eleven in year six, you kind of. You do an exam if you want to, and the the kids are separated yeah, off into yeah. the, the posh grammar schools and the not so posh um, comprehensives, and you know that was yeah. it's how, it's not changed much since I was a kid. So my yeah. my kids are going through that stage now, and it's quite um, it's not quite as extreme as the, what you just described, but in some ways yeah. it kind of is because there's an expectation when kids get sent off to yeah. a certain direction that oh that that's the lot that are going to be the future. Um, business leaders and prime ministers, cetera, yeah, yeah, and that's the lot that are going to be the ditch diggers, and oh, there they'll be, you know, they'll be the yeah, apprentices yeah. and the the bricklayers and all that. And it's so it is an experiment that we do on a massive scale, to be honest. And uh, I mm-hmm. I do struggle with it, even though I'm, you know, trying my hardest to get my kids down a certain path because that's just the game that we're playing, you know, and that's the the rules that we've been dealt. So. Um, we do play these. We do yeah. these experiments on a massive scale, don't
0: we? But but on a daily basis, working with um, clients, patients, whatever. Um, I'm working with people who are living out the self expectation that, that was given to them either by parents or education or culture or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and and it's what they and people actually say to you, but I couldn't do that. And it's like, why not? Why can't it? And it's because the internal expectation is saying, no, can't yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah, you know?
1: All right. Uh, yeah, really yeah. interesting stuff. Um, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. what's your uh, what's your resource of the week? Have we got? I think uh,
0: I've I put in the, in the, the classic text on emotional intelligence, learning about emotional intelligence, and it's it's really learning to observe your own internal processing. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. You know, and I suppose asking yourself why. Yeah. Now if I think this or I feel this, why? Why do I think that? Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, all
1: mm-hmm. right. I'll link to my guy starts Strange Dance at Festival. And I'll try and find some yeah. other blog posts and, and articles that kind of explain a bit more about what's going on it to give mm. a bit more context. But um mm. Yeah, it's a really yeah. interesting one about the link mm. today's episode. So uh
0: yeah.
1: I shall put that in there in the show notes good one um cool all right that's all right that's interesting stuff Are you happy
0: yeah i am always happy
1: because i lovely. expect to be happy <laughs> yeah, well, yeah there's an expectation every morning that you're going to wake up and have a good day yeah
0: yeah Woo! come on
1: exactly <laughs> um cool all right sean i'll leave it there but we'll catch up again next week thanks for your
0: time okay yeah you take care keep smiling you too and, Over and, out. and if it does get cold just wrap yourself up Exactly. Yeah, don't you worry. I will. <laughs> All right man. See you later. See ya. Bye. 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 See ya.